I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. I am Tristan Miller, the super sleuth. I think is what we're going to go with. Yeah, I is like it? it. Okay. Okay, what? Okay. Who is speaking to me? I don't even know who's talking yet. Oh, oh. wow. Um, no introduction. Okay. We don't we're exist happy. because we haven't introduced it's ourselves. It's like a vampire thing. <laughs> I'm that... Tyler Riley, cop and a half. So about this name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. So we're not going with Super Sleuth? What do you want to go with? I don't know, but like I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad name. Silly oh, Sleuth was introduced. Saucy Sleuth was introduced. Saucy Sleuth. Oh yeah, we did go with Saucy Sleuth. I'm sorry, that's on me. You seem disappointed. Uh, no, Slap-dash I just. Sleuth. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm disappointed is because I let my friends down, not about the name. Okay. <laughs> so today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening. It's just that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod. The book I'm going to recommend is um, Stephen Fry narrated all of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes series. It's pretty good. Great to fall asleep to because it's a long blankety blank book. (laughs) <laughs> and you gotta have that good thing to fall asleep to yeah that's what I do me too yeah and I can confirm that it is just as easy as going to audibletrial.com slash pod. you can have I you can. done it I did I wanted to try the link mm-hmm. because somebody had asked me about it and I gave them the wrong URL <gasps> to begin with <laughs> 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 and I was like it's not working and then I went back to um I went back to listen to the beginning of our last episode. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, it's Audible Trial, not audible.com slash ADC pod. Uh-huh. It's audibletrial.com slash ADC pod. There you go. One more time. That's audibletrial.com slash ADC pod. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about the novel Three Act Tragedy <gasps> by Agatha Christie. <gasps> and this one was recorded by Hugh Fraser. He's back. He's back. Our buddy, good friend of the show, Hugh Fraser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was originally published under the name uh, Murder in Three Acts in 1934. Ah. Um, it's been adapted a couple of times, um, mostly as like TV movies. Once by Agatha Christie's Poirot, the TV series mm-hmm. yeah. that we watch occasionally um, or often. Whichever. And uh, (laughs) both, yes. Uh, And once there was a 1986 uh, television film as well. Hmm. Um, Yes, that relocated it to Acapulco. Um, As one does. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to say. Yeah. Sounds like acapella. It does. Acapulco Uh, acapella. It does a bit. Acapella goes. That's a different kind of island. We're moving on. <laughs> um, it was one of the stars of it was Tony Curtis, which is fun. Ah, Tony Curtis. Is he playing? So Morrow? actually, <laughs> I don't think so. I didn't look. I didn't look in depth to be honest. There's However, been a murder. <laughs> so they had uh, the character Charles Cartwright, uh-huh. who is the uh, actor in this, yes. was actually an American movie star. I see. And I did not look it up, but I imagine that uh, Tony Curtis played Cartwright. Mm, that is my okay. instinct. Less um, fun, but less fun. That's fine. Um, they also 
replaced one of the characters. I won't say because it's a little spoilery. Mm-hmm. Uh, they replaced one of the characters with Hastings, which makes so much uh, more sense. Yeah. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So, yeah. There's also been a radio uh, production of it with John Moffat as Poirot. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, so, cool. Let's get into it. Um, so we start off, we have these three friends discussing. Na, 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 na. Okay, it's fine. What is that? My Three Sons is a TV show from oh, okay. the early Oh, okay. 60s, I thought you were 70s. attempting the Three's Company theme, and I got really Come confused. Come and knock on my door. <laughs> I was like, that's not how that's it goes. Super <laughs> not. No, it's super not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very confusing thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've confused you, Tyler. We're all trying our best here. We are. Um, so we've got Charles Cartwright, who's uh, a captain, who a former captain who's now an, uh, well, do you always retain your captain title? I guess you do. We talk about Captain you Hastings own all the time. A, bo- a boat? If you own a boat, it makes you a captain? Are you talking like talking in the military? Like military. Yeah. Mm. But it's only well, I mean, I feel like this happens a lot with uh like you would still refer to like President Bush as President Bush, even though he's not actively a president. And yeah. he did. There's two W of them. is Oh, still, I'm sorry, yeah. I thought you meant Herbert Walker. No. Okay. Um <laughs> but but yeah, that's and I feel like it feels like a very British thing. Yes. Because um, general as well. Like, it's just mm. forever. Like, mm. in general or like general? General, this okay. dude. General, cool. this dude. General, um, this dude. Yeah. Colonel Sanders is another example. Mm-hmm. He's been dead for a while, but we yeah. still refer to him as the Colonel. Colonel. Sa- the Colonel. The, the Colonel. only Colonel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Crunch. Mm-hmm. Also, oh, I'm sorry, Captain. Yeah, because he is not an official maritime officer. <laughs> He is a pirate of the high seas, a buccaneer, if you will. Yeah. He is is he contracted by Her Majesty's Royal Service, though? No, General Mills. Oh! Boom! Did it on him. We're so- <laughs> first two minutes of the book um uh-huh. they're talking um so yeah they're chatting about having uh, some folks over to um charles cartwright's for dinners and he's yes. a he's an actor um and this is actually the structure of this book is kind of neat they set it up in uh three parts mm-hmm. where it's act one act two act three and the last chapter is called curtains which i very yeah. much enjoyed yeah. um that was a really clever thing that our friend agatha christie did um so we've got charles cartwright his buddy satterwaite satterthwaite satterthwaite mr s um <laughs> we're going with because forget it i i as I was listening to this, I could not conceive of how it was spelled. Um, <laughs> he must be Welsh. I don't know. There's just so many different T sounds in this name, all up next to each other. Forget it. Um, and then Dr. Bartholomew Strange. Dr. Strange, guys. Yeah. His name was Dr. Strange. Very I was very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're chatting about this dinner party that uh, Captain Cartwright is going to have. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so they also talk about Charles's servant, um, Miss Milray, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who suggests that she dine with the party that night so there won't be 13 people at the dinner table. Which is a nice callback. Yes. Um, and of course, the first time I've ever heard about the superstition is Harry Potter. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So that is always what I think of. And the fact that this comes up more than once in Agatha Christie, which predates. <laughs> I buy a bit, yeah. Joe and Kathleen <laughs> Rowling. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just yeah. wild because I'm always like, oh, it's like in Harry Potter. It's like, no. Harry no. Potter is like in this. Yeah. Um, but yes, so Miss Milray suggests she dine with the party that night so there won't be 13 at the dinner table. Um, and so they discuss that Miss Milray has been around forever and that there have been rumors mm. about Cartwright and her. And they go on for just like an exceedingly long time about how that is not even remotely possible because, my God, would you look at this woman's face. Yeah. Her face. She's Uh. got one of those bad faces. Um, He says, not a woman's face. I wrote that down because it is a quotation, which is great. (laughs) What a good thing to say. No woman would write about another woman this way. Yeah. Because <laughs> all women have solidarity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not getting into that. No, let's not. Let's not. Are we not going to talk about the Women's March this past weekend? Oh, okay. So, no. Oh. No. <laughs> no. no I, I don't think yeah, we can we're begin not even to gonna open. No, yeah, we can't, we can't no, do no. that. No. Um, so, okay, cool. So, we then have a dinner party. Um, and people are talking about all of the people at the party, and there's many people at the party. Some of them, them are important. Some of them are not. Yeah. <laughs> Who's to say? Um, uh, and the tricky bit is, you don't know which ones are important and which ones aren't until much later in the book. Yeah. Ugh. Uh huh. Crikey. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, exactly. So we have the three gentlemen who were speaking at the beginning. Na 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 na. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> We are just not here for it. I'm sorry. Uh, I like to have fun. Uh, we... <laughs> Christ. Um... <laughs> uh, and I've been declared legally dead. <laughs> yep. Uh, Tristan's no longer here. Um, he has a goose. So there's a couple of the Dakers. There's uh, Mary Lytton Gore and her daughter, Hermione Lytton Gore, who is, or Lytton Gore, I forget. It doesn't matter. Lytton Gore. Lytton Gore. Um, Who is known as Egg. Which is dope. Yeah, they call her Egg. Egg. Um, The way Hugh Fraser says Lytton Gore, he puts the emphasis on the last syllable. So it sounds like like Egg Lytton, Egg Lytton Gore. Oh, yeah. Sounds like the last name is Gore and her name is Eglitton, which is <laughs> yeah. what? <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, anyway. There is an actress called Angela Sutcliffe. Mm-hmm. Um, Mrs. Babington and Reverend Babington. Uh, Muriel, Muriel Wills, who is a playwright. And then Oliver Mandel, Manders, who is a young motorcycle mechanic. And she's real. He's really into uh, egg, uh, as she is known throughout this entire. She likes egg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm, I love an um, egg. And can I just say I love yeah. the name Oliver. Oliver is very good. It's such a good name. And like Lawrence Oliver. 
No. And oh. he wants to lay an egg, if you know oh, what I mean. Am I right? No. Am I right? Oh, no. <laughs> that was disgusting but funny. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he feels cooped up? Oh, boy. Oh, sorry. This is foul. Well, she's not all. She's cracked up. Today. Oh, what the shell are you talking about? <laughs> sorry, we're just yoking Oh, we're easy now. <laughs> I hope you enjoy our egg pun podcast. You know what we are? A couple of hard-boiled detectives. That's what we are. Excellent. Ah! They never crack this hard-boiled case. Right open. I'm leaving. We, I got bigger things to fry. <laughs> Woo! That was fun. We have fun. Uh, sorry for poaching the conversation. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, you traitor. You eggs Benedict. Arnold. Uh, oh wow yeah that was a stretch <laughs> and we're done <laughs> and scene good night everybody okay so uh, <laughs> it's okay not much happens in this until like the end of the book For um, real. yeah but uh, <laughs> listen fam I want I did want to say something about the party scene yes if you please don't mind. oh please do listen fam yeah uh huh okay I'm sorry um <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on. Um, the way, he, and I have it written phonetically, the way Hugh Fraser says the word cantaloupe is cantaloupe. <laughs> it just brought me such joy. I laughed out loud on the subway when he said cantaloupe. It's very good. And he uses a phrase, there are phrases used at one point, um, which I really enjoyed, called best pleased. Like, they won't be best pleased. Yeah. I enjoy that. Oh, that's that. really fun. Ooh, yeah, it's very fun. Yeah, I like that a lot. On a less um, nice note, at one point they're talking, you know, when they're talking about the people who are at the party, two um, people are like, oh, they'd be a cute couple. Uh-huh. And at one point they say, oh, yeah, and they're quarreling, which is a healthy sign. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is messed up. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's like, okay, cool, good. I'm glad. What? No. Stop? Huh? Yeah. Uh, and the <sighs> last person, I think, mm-hmm. at this is a detective. Oh. No. By the All name right, of... I forgot he's in this book. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. By the name oh. of Ecule Poirot. Um, and there's a lot of really weird oh, God. xenophobic uh, and uh. racist and... Uh, Bigotry? Yeah, I'll... Lots of gross stuff that just is just rampant um, throughout. I won't get into all of it. Because. Um, we don't have time. I mean, it is a novel. Um, but at any rate, so those are the folks that are at this party. Mm-hmm. And they're hanging out. Um, we're talking about how Cartwright is into. Uh, he really likes egg. So does Oliver Manders. And she. I, does she make out with Oliver at some point? I think she does. That's a bit of canoodling. Yeah. yeah. It's strange. Anyway, so... I mean, it's an actor's party. That's I mean, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all been to those. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we all just briefly disassociated there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Dear listener, <laughs> if you've never been to a cast party... Don't do it. Mm-mm. You don't need to. It's it, fine. It's, it's never worth it. It's too much. It's well, never worth that's it. not true. <sighs> when has that ever been worth it? 
I feel mm. a responsibility as the producer of a small theater company that regularly holds We're not cast parties. Don't do it. Don't like do shows. Just don't go to the cast party. Yeah. We had a really fun time at the cast party for uh, Veritas Times. Well, that's good. That sounds nice. There was a cast party? Yeah, it was at Courtney's apartment. You made your dip. You helped me get Oh, I had to, to leave it. early. And we you helped me get back yeah. um mm. on the subway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That was right. a very pleasant party. Yeah, that was. Okay. That was. See? Okay. My experience with cast parties has always been like people just, all the, the horny bad energy that actors have towards each other during a production gets unleashed For at a cast party. Yeah. Yeah. There and was it, none of that in Veritas. No. Which is great. Yeah, that's an ideal <laughs> scenario, what you're describing. That's why I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> there was no drama. There was nothing to unleash. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. There was just no drama during that oh, show. Which sounds so pleasant. It was so nice. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yep. And then Dr. Not Dr. Uh, Mr. Reverend Person. What's his name? Bab- Babington. Babington. I was going to call him Baba Duke. <laughs> what? <laughs> Reverend Baba Duke. A hor- it's a weird twist for Agatha Christie. It's a horrible monster that's actually <laughs> swallowed everything up. It's a paranormal thriller for the first time from a very famous author. There's <laughs> just a lot of stop plosives in his name. Yeah. yeah. Babington. Babington. Um, more like Babbleton, am I oh, right? Yeah, dang. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> well, he takes a drink of a cocktail and dies. <laughs> 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 Which. Children is what happens when you drink. <laughs> Don't do it. You will die. Only when you turn twenty-one and magical powers are bestowed upon you can yep. you take your first. That is sip correct. Of alcohol. The Pope shows up to your house and blesses you. Mm. Oh no, we can't use that because altar wine. Oh, beans! <laughs> <laughs> my my perfect lie. <laughs> That was the only hole in this plan. (laughs) (laughs) And so So he died. And then the party basically ends because he died. It also dies. He killed the party. Right? Yeah. Ugh, what a rude. So it's really, like, it's very abrupt because it's so, I'm like, that was the end of the second chapter. I know. Oh my goodness. I was so excited because they got into it and based off of our previous novel where the murder took, like, half the book to happen. Yeah. No, no, no. That's being generous. (laughs) That's fair. That is fair. But, like, I was so excited. I'm like, great, we're in it. Great, the pace is up. And then, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) at some point, I decided to write down this fun fact. Um, Someone mentions that the new word that people keep throwing around in society, Mm -hmm. like the new popular word, is penetrating. Oh, right. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that was fun. Giggle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Lol. Lol. Sure. So a doctor comes in and says Babington... Probably had a seizure, natural causes. Maybe he even put something in his own drink and it was a suicide. But, like, there was just no motive for anyone to kill this man. Right. And, like, the suicide thing really threw me because he was a reverend, right? And they were just, like, so casually, like, oh, maybe he just committed suicide. Like, he's a reverend. He seemed a bit irreverent. 
Yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Maybe you made a clerical error. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it is a pun podcast. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Ah! Ah! She did it to us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was weird that they were like, "Oh, maybe he just offed himself." He was yeah, it's really like, odd. Oh, it's like, like, did he have like, any signs? Nah. Right. And like, so odd. Nobody really fought him on that. And I was just like, "He's." Does yeah, was... anybody? Does anyone here go to church? <laughs> <laughs> Not even his wife was like, "Right." What? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. So I mean, basically, they're just like, "All right, he died. It's sad, but let's move on with our lives." Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, part two opens with, it, like, opens with um, Mr. S, whose name I will never try to pronounce again. Scott Huthwaith. Yeah, sure. Um, is reading the newspaper and finds out that their good buddy, Dr. Bartholomew Strange, mm-hmm. has died. Yes. And... A doctor, I believe, was there. Someone or an investigator came there, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, mm, this actually does look suspicious. Yeah, this looks like this guy has been poisoned." But like mm-hmm. other, it looks like he died in pretty much the same manner as Babington did. Yeah, yeah. And they look into the guest list and find out that, save Mister S himself, Poirot, and Cartwright. It's the exact same guest list. Yeah. 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 Um, so they start looking into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find out that there's a new butler mm-hmm. at the home of Doctor Strange. Yes. So not pe- people don't know that much about him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hmm, yes, please. So there's a passage that I wrote down specifically. Uh-huh. And it was one character said, oh, the butler? I hardly know tist them. And I was so, <laughs> so upset. <laughs> I was like, you almost gave me this one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we're like, all right, well. Um, also, Mr. S is a f- good friend of Poirot, and Poirot was otherwise occupied. So um, mm-hmm. Mr. S is like, yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to, he gets curious, and mm-hmm. he starts to, look into it with Cartwright as mm-hmm. well. They start to look into it together. Um, meanwhile, actually kind of before this backpedaling a little bit, mm-hmm. we find out that um, Cartwright, after seeing Oliver and Egg, uh, you know, getting... Canoodling. Canoodling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets very dramatic and is like, I'm yeah. going to move away. Uh, I don't like... Where was they it? Don't to want to be Addis here or something? Huh? Where was? Where did he move to? I don't know. It was somewhere. It was somewhere. Monte Carlo, right? Yes. It was Monte Carlo. Wait, no. no. That's where Poirot is. That's where Poirot is. is. That's yeah. where Poirot is. Okay, yeah. I got a bit confused. But he was like, "I'm going to go to this place." Yeah. Off. Away. Oh, my heart. Ah. Oh. And whereas <laughs> we are finding out also that Egg is. In love with oh, Cartwright so as well. So thirsty. So parched. Yeah, and Egg is probably like. <laughs> by the way, they do at some point mention that he is thirty years older than her. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think that puts her approximately, just from what I'm gathering, yeah. her at about twenty and him at about fifty. Yep. Yes. Yep. 
<laughs> Tyler, yes, please, yes, please, yes, please, yes, please yes. talk. Please say words. And it is said, like, sometime throughout the party, at several moments, that, like, Cartwright is around the age where he becomes interested in young women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's all sorts so of gross. gross. Yeah. yeah, it's nasty. They talk about this so much. Um, it's so, it's so gross. Like, they're just the way that they talk about, like, oh, yes, um, Oh, you're getting up there. Oh, you must be having an eye for the youngins. And it's just mm. like, oh, oh, what? gross. Why? And why is this an accepted thing? Gosh. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's terrible um, and happens often in this book. Uh, yeah. So we do find out that she is in love with him or whatever uh, as Quite well. And it's pretty clear to everybody. And so he's being very dramatic about this whole moving away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um I mean, not that age difference is necessarily a bad thing. However, in this particular case... It's nasty. It's... Mm, it's pretty gross. It's worrisome because she is so very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be different, like, if she just, like, wasn't, like, a thirst bucket. Like, if she wasn't, sure. like, a Seven Eleven Big Gulp over this 50-year-old <laughs> man. Sure. I gotta say, though, but there's some, like instances modernly and I feel this happens with actors a lot specifically there are a lot of instances that are present day of like hey this actor is 50 ish and they have a 25 year old wife and we just kind of like yeah I guess that's how that happens now yeah I mean which is like also I don't know it's weird I just get concerned Mm -hmm. because when I was 20 I didn't know what I was doing absolutely and when it's Someone who's 30 and someone who's 60, I'm less weirded out by yeah, it, honestly. Because, yeah. and I mean, I don't know the actual age difference between them, but like, I know that um, Patrick Stewart, who I love and adore, his wife is much younger than him. Yeah. And it's one of those like, but she's like in her 30s or 40s or yeah. something. So I'm like, All currently? Right. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Mm. Whereas, like, something like Jeff Goldblum dating a, well, dating, and I think maybe being married to a 25-year-old yoga instructor is indicative of a personality. <sighs> I think. I don't want to cast aspersions, but it's, yeah. it's just, like, I approach with caution. Yeah. Things like this. Because it is also a big thing. It's a similar thing to, like, men who are in their 20s dating, like, trying to date a high school student. It's like, why does that man want to be with someone who is that so much younger and can't relate to them? Right. I'm 27, and, like, when I'm, like, Mm -hmm. on dating apps and, like, a 21-year-old messaged me, I'm like, no, you're too young. Yeah. And it's, and that's interesting because, like, in... Well, not exact same. In a few years, though, Mm -hmm. like... I, I would imagine that wouldn't ma- matter as much. Like. Well, yeah. The older I get, the more desperate I'm going to become. <laughs> no, <laughs> meaning meaning that kind that. No, I, I get number of years age difference. Yeah. But like, there's something about someone in their early twenties. Yeah, it's, it's just, just, it's just yeah. not so much an age as you are just in a different state of being. Yeah. yeah. At that point. So yeah. malleable. Mm-hmm. And, like, confused and trying to figure out who you are and so impressionable with it, which is, you know... Maybe I should reconsider. Now that you put it that way. <laughs> okay. Um, I would like to point out yes. um, that Dr. Bartholomew Strange is not a medical doctor. He is a psychiatric doctor. Oh, yes. He's a nerve, yeah. nerve specialist. So uh, he yeah. treats nervous disorders. Yeah. It's just... It's, 
So he's not a doctor, doctor. He's a doctor, doctor. Did I you wrote. The news? No, he went to medical school. I guess. Yeah, I get. I wrote that down because, of mm. course, in a while back, nerve disorders. Yeah. Was it like this is probably not in the range of accepted psychiatric. Like we're not talking about things that we would uh, ascribe we would diagnose today like these are things that uh, from my understanding problematic yeah it was just kind of a catch-all term meaning like you had a nervous breakdown meaning that could mean you had an anxiety attack it meant you Mm -hmm. had a psychotic break it meant you were an alcoholic and had the shakes like there's so much there and and so him being like a nerve specialist is like yeah okay whatever (laughs) like yeah I cringed when I heard that mm -hmm. term um, and it also, I believe, was more associated with women. Hysteria. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. The whole idea. And yeah. like, ugh. Yeah. Very in the next room mm-hmm. kind of a... Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. But he's dead now. And... <laughs> um... <laughs> that was... Oh, sometimes someone says something so funny, I can't... <laughs> laugh i just have to soak in how nice that was (laughs) oh good i'm glad that that's what that face was because it was either Uh. melissa that was very funny or melissa i'm so deeply offended but i'm not gonna say anything oh no it's oh (laughs) Oh, that was nice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm so glad you're savoring Mm -hmm. my my funny joke Mm, um And it got weird again. Great. If it doesn't get weird, it's, it's not, not It's not our podcast. Yeah. Specifically, uh, it's not me. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, we're looking at Ellis, the mysterious new butler, at the yes. home of Doctor Strange. Um, and... Because... Doesn't he just, like... He disappears. He just gets after the murder. out of there. Disappears after the murder. Gone. Never... Not caught. Not found. No trace. Yep completely gone so i think is it is it time <gasps> oh, it's time yeah, it's, it's time. time it's time here we go here we go part two <laughs> so uh scatterwaith and charles because charles is back he yeah, didn't he, move away yeah no. he's like oh um, man i do, oh, i just made a bloody mistake oh, i did i guess that's I not know. how he sounds no he doesn't that's fine <laughs> so <it>. they <laughs> Sure. You're gonna have so much fun editing this one. Yeah. Insert theme of three, my three sons or whatever the hell you were doing earlier. Uh, (laughs) Womp 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 womp. That was me being sad. Oh boy. I know I was basking in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here lies a ghost killed by one friend, (laughs) and then soon after another. I mean, isn't that how you really want to go, though? Yeah, absolutely. If one of you killed me, I'd be like, okay, this makes, you know, that's fine. Yeah. I'd let it. <laughs> so Satterthwaite and Charles are searching Ellis's room. Everything was very neat in the room. Uh, things looked to be unbothered. It also seemed that Ellis disappeared wearing his butler uniform, and it is remarked that a true gentleman would have changed into a suit before <laughs> <laughs> before leaving the premises. Oh, that's fun. Uh, they take a look at his desk and see that a pen is missing and that the ink seems old and drying. 
and that he hasn't seemingly seemingly has not used his blotting paper in quite mm. some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they spoke with other members of the staff and left. <laughs> so Sarahuith has a deep think about their investigation and comes up with the conclusion that Ellis suffered from corns because of things they found in the room. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty... <laughs> whack, I We're think. It's like, what? <laughs> what is happening in your mind and life, Agatha? <clears throat> um, the only other thing uh, that they thought about is that... is the way that Bartholomew sent away his butler... They reviewed the events leading up to Bartholomew's behavior before his death, deducing that his odd behavior must have stemmed from an upsetting phone call he had. <gasps> the two decide to investigate and travel to the sanatorium. Mm-hmm. Charles recalls that something struck him as odd, but he couldn't remember what when thinking on Ellis's room. Mm-hmm. So they arrive at the sanatorium and ask about Drushbridger. Oh, I hardly know her. <laughs> Derush Bridger is very fun to say, though. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a name that they. I, I got confused about when Derush Bridger was first brought up. I mean, uh. it kind of doesn't. She sent a telegram to Poirot at some point. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Asking, like, to speak with him yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, yep. So they arrive at the sanatorium and they say that she cannot take visitors, that she is under strict observation. We also learn that for and for whatever reason, like she came from the West Indies. Yeah. I was like, okay, this may be important. This might not. It was. It was not important. <laughs> <laughs> hey, turns out a lot of this book. I know that's yeah. what's so difficult about taking notes on these things is that like, I, you just don't, you know just don't know until it's done what's going to be good evidence. Uh, they all relent, like meaning uh, Scatterhwaith, Charles, and the staff, they relent about um, the death of Doctor Strange. Charles then remembers how odd he found an ink stain in Ellis's room. The ink was along the skirtboard on the far side away from the writing table. They come up with several theories once they return to the house on how the stain, ca- stain came to be. Then Cartwright decided that Ellis was acting under guilty conscience and that he was writing and he felt he had heard something and like oh. he freaked out and was oh, like, oh, yeah, what am I right. going to do? And he he's being real guilty. He's acting as Ellis. Cartwright is acting as Ellis and like performing in front of Scatterwaith oh, and like, this drops the pen at like the precise moment and position where the ink blot uh, stain was. Oof. And says, well, something must be underneath the gas fireplace. My and sure enough, <laughs> they find letters <laughs> written in Ellis's hand in which she intends to blackmail the murderer. There we go. Cartwright bemoans a lack of gendered pronouns in the letter. Oh. Because it could be a man or a woman. Oh, no. How will we ever survive? Only. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. The two genders, innocent and uninnocent. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but Waith is happy to conclude that Ellis is not the murderer. Because he was blackmailing the murderer. Mm. Uh, they then it couldn't possibly to... be a red herring. Well, it's not communism. 
That's fair. <laughs> Clue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 that was <your> <laughs> Um, They then go sp- to speak to the superintendent uh, of the nearest police station. Mm-hmm. Um, they speak on their discovery and they muse on the death of Babington and they plan to exhume the body to discover the cause of death to see it was the same nicotine poisoning. <gasps> So, can I just interject for a moment? Yes. That Agatha Christie, when I researched her for Historical Hotties, <laughs> also part of the Scavengers Network, um, Agatha Christie dealt with poisons a lot. And my goodness, in her novels, does she like to talk about different poisons? Mm-hmm. Like, she like writes a novel and it's like, okay, which poison am I going to use for this one? <laughs> Because I know all about all the poisons. Do you think she was just, like, throwing... <laughs> just a dartboard with different poisons? <laughs> Maybe, like, yeah. This novel, I have to write a novel surrounding... Oh, man, it's Iocane powder, I guess, this time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not a real poison. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've spent years building up an immunity. Okay. I did That's great. We listened to old episodes. So, uh, Cartwright and Scatterwaith meet with Egg, who seems to be suffering greatly following the murders. She's very frail and fraught with anxiety, but apparently still as charming as ever. This girl okay. is not frail. What a, what a word. Like, she's never frail. Well, that's how she is described in this time. I know, but... But, like, Agatha, you did a bad job with that one. Because... Hey, Agatha, you're listening. <laughs> From beyond the grave. Yeah, yeah. We're in the middle of a seance here. <laughs> anyway. Just have a hard time. After yeah. dinner, they decide to go to Satterwaith's house. Not they so recount easy, their is it? investigation to Egg, who asserts that Ellis is dead because he discovered somehow and knew too much and was murdered. She theorizes on how Ellis's body may have been moved about the house or out of the house. They then talk about Oliver and how he may or may not have faked an accident of some sort involving oh, right. his car. I, it's just like, oh, for, for Dolores' sake. There's <laughs> lots of speculation. Yes. Yeah, it's like a Star Wars Twitter level of speculation. Here. <laughs> it's just, this doesn't even seem founded on anything. <laughs> Snoke committed the murder, it turns out. <laughs> oh, Star Wars Twitter. Uh, <laughs> what a weird something place we on the tag. internet. Um, when, like, so she's just going through mm. and just talking to talk. Trying to impress Cartwright, and he finally is just like, "Well, I'm I'm out of here. Like this is just <laughs> <laughs> this is far too much." Uh-huh. And then Edgar's like, "No, you and I, we we must get to the truth. We must." <laughs> and then Satterwaite was like, "Me too." And she was like, uh, uh, "Okay." That <laughs> <laughs> was, really was just being Charles here, but okay. <laughs> That's so funny, because there is a moment where like, fine, you've convinced me, and they both, like, turn to him, like, oh, you're still here. That's right, yeah. yeah. I remember that. That's, it was really fun. Oh, man. So then they all conclude that it is the same murderer, and that yeah. they should start with the first murder. 
They then theorize on general motives for the murder, general. Cartwright pushing a very confusing and long-winded example of what of what one might have seen, which would then have caused them to be murdered after the first murder. Mm-hmm. It's just... It takes half a chapter, and I'm just like, I'm not here for this. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, Poirot is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. Oh, we're yeah. going to say that a lot through the next bit of what I have to say. What I will say, and I will let you... Calling this an ag- like calling this an Hercule Poirot mystery is like calling the last... Uh, sorry, it's like calling Force Awakens a Luke Skywalker movie. Yeah. It's about the same percentage. Talked yeah. about a yeah. lot. And then more like two scenes. Yeah. <sighs> His Poirot's in a little bit more of this than Luke was in Force Awakens, but not. Fortunately. Yeah. Um. Oh. Okay, so Cartwright is going on and on about like his theory that like has nothing to do with anything really, and Egg is over there like just being a thirsty. Thirsty. Oh. <laughs> you made me bump my microphone. I was so shocked from my hand to my mouth. She's just she's in it. She she's so mm, like parched. Oh my, yes, just in the like, middle of Sahara. Like, yes. Oh, and I was just about to use that example. Like we're we're here. Yeah, yeah we're like wow. <sighs> so then they decide to cross-reference the guest list of both parties, finally doing something of productive. Use. Yeah, and they write them all down. Uh, Egg gets flustered when she thinks that Cartwright believes her to be interested in Oliver. Um, Which, frankly, at this point, I am. Like, <laughs> over... Anyway. I will also say, like, this... this I know we discussed the, like, the age difference stuff, but you're both adults. You're both single. Just either... What? Just do something! Yeah, like, why are we beating around the bush? Why indeed? Anyway, continue. <laughs> Uh, Tyler and I Tyler and I shared a look when he said beating around the bush (laughs) (laughs) alright thank you James from Team Rocket Uh, so uh, Charles and Egg visit the visit Babington's widow who laments about the possibility of murder and is really unbothered by the exhumation of her husband. Cartwright reveals that when he heard the news of Babington, he thought he was murdered much like Bartholomew. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Poirot is still not here. Ugh. Also, <laughs> Scatterquith went to have tea with Lady Mary, mother of Hermione. Mm-hmm. She says... Who is Egg, yes. by the way, for future reference, because, oh, of course... They, like, oh my gosh... Name. For the long time, I thought Bartholomew and Doctor Strange were two separate people because the way they just keep interchanging oh, yeah. like names, but like through certain parts of the book. It's yeah. like a Russian novel. Let's so go, we're let's at go now. tea with Lady Mary. Lady <laughs> Mary. Um, who talks about women and says during the conversation that she believes that women often get caught up because they believe they can reform a bad boy. That I, is, at this point, give side-eye to Egg, who is yeah. not in the room, but I'm like, girl, She's you're talking about your own daughter, yeah, and you don't even know. You don't even know. Uh, also, uh. 
You know what's really, really cool that we've kind of realized as a society? It's no one's responsibility to reform someone but that person. Yeah, you can't uh, reform those who don't want to be reformed. It's yeah. true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But gosh darn, I'm going to try. Yep. <laughs> oh. I mean, there's support and then there's like, oh gosh. It's it's a tricky tightrope line to walk because mm-hmm. someone's got to tell this person, but at the exact right time, so that they can actually hear it and absorb it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, this also revealed that they couldn't think of anyone who would have done harm to Babington, except maybe Oliver. <gasps> Oliver once exclaimed that he hated the church, and the oh, two had right. quarreled. Mm-hmm. And then Poirot returns from England. Yay! <laughs> We're so happy. Little egg-shaped head boy. <laughs> so glad to see you. Poirot uh, decides to join the investigation, much to Egg's chagrin. Yeah. Whatever. We're all much happier yeah. Yeah. for it. I do love, like, he just rolls up. He's like, I came to apologize. You were right. Someone was murdered because I didn't think they were. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Poirot, like, asks Egg, like, straight up, like to her face, like, w- would you mind if I join the team? <laughs> but Poirot, with his semi-feminine sensitiveness, yeah, that's a literal quote from the yeah. book, understood that she was upset that he might spoil her chance with Cartwright. I'm scream, uh, silent screaming, by the way, May just I... so everyone's aware. <laughs> Can we take this brief moment to sure. talk about the coding of Poirot? as well. Let's do it. A no time. Like the present. No no time like 50 minutes into a podcast. <laughs> oh God, are we there? Yeah. Oh, we uh, have so much to go. Yeah, I know, it's going to be a long one. I've already just accepted that. But no, like Poirot, I think in general, is coded in a certain way that in the time in which these novels were written, like he's unmarried, he's very fastidious, he's fashionable, and he's sensitive. So I think he's coded to be a homosexual. I don't know, though. Okay. I never got that impression. Okay. I think mm, I think that um, all of that is kind of explained by his being Belgian. Is, <laughs> okay. I know. And I say that, I'm saying that with a face mm-hmm. because that's also not great. Yeah. But, like, I think that that's much more what they're, ah. uh, like... I don't think that they're trying to paint that Agatha is trying to paint him as a uh, homosexual because I think that she's trying to paint him as an other in a different way. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Similarly to like when we have um, British people on American TV, they're often assumed to be more feminine mm-hmm. and sophisticated and what have you. No, yeah. which is another thing as well. But um, it's kind of similar. Did you guys see Phantom Thread? No. no. Oh, I know. It's I a want perfect to. movie. Wow. All right. Um, Daniel Day Lewis is also almost is coded in a very similar way where he's not homosexual and because he's falling in love with a woman, but he's very dainty and he's like a dressmaker and it's very sure. interesting. And I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's just very interesting thing the optics of it because one could interpret it that way and it could be fine. Yeah, and it's all about kind of examining the assumptions that we make about stereotypes honestly mm-hmm. and um, like at this point in my life the well and for many 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 years now mm-hmm. I've been considering the idea that being sensitive is feminine is mm-hmm. gross and problematic yes as well yeah so I would agree I think it's also 
interesting that and I just made this realization now of like both the characters I mentioned um, also can be coded to have obsessive compulsive disorder of like hmm. because like Monk is basically Poirot it's oh, just sure. yeah. like the okay. same way House is Sherlock um, and it's uh, it's just I don't know it's an interesting thing of like I think it comes from the assumption that like women are more tidy <laughs> than men as well and like more particular yeah which is also not true. No. As a man who is particular, you know, you wouldn't necessarily notice it. No, 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 no. I... The two eggs yeah. at the beginning of Murder on the Orient Express, I'm like, yes, this, this, this. Anyway. Yeah, the first time my boyfriend and I um, stayed in a hotel together, mm-hmm. I noticed him lining up his shoes, and I was like, oh... Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that we're gonna. Okay. Do you think they could also be military? Yeah. That's also probably true. However, mm-hmm. like he was also. I'll keep a cabinet open until I'm done with it, and so then sometimes I forget that no. I'm not. And like, he would like go behind me and close cabinets, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Wokey doke." Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's nothing wrong with either of those. No. Things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting. And it's also interesting that um, Poirot was a police officer for a very long time, so maybe the fastidious comes from that and, like, mm. keeping a uniform neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I also think that there is something in yeah in Poirot that... Is the en balance, as it were. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. So Satterwith <laughs> fills in Poirot on what they have discovered thus far. Mm. Poirot being particularly pleased with the discovery of the letters. Mm. Poirot questions the type of court glass... Uh, that doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Uh, <laughs> well, that's true. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> um, so, like, they talk and talk. There's so much talking. There is. There's quite a lot. then, and this made me so mad. Okay. That I had to stop listening to the book <laughs> for an hour. I got so mad about this. Poirot, like, it's just him and Satterwaith mm-hmm. at this point where I'm picking us back up. Poro tries, decides to give Cartwright a hand in getting with Egg mm-hmm. by making it seem like he's leading the investigation. Yes. Saying that when the murder is solved, it will be Charles to be the one who solves it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Now, here's my thing. I understand it's nasty and gross and bad, but I understand because if he were to take the lead on this case, both Egg and Charles would probably hinder the investigation slash ask him to leave. I think it's one of those necessary evil sorts of things. Okay, fine. And I think Poirot is more interested in solving a case than he is about any social thing. That's true. He's like, I need to solve this case but in order to do the way the- in which yeah. it was told to us mm-hmm. by Hugh Fraser himself. Ugh, how <laughs> dare you? Led me to believe that it was very much social. Mm-hmm. But I digress. I will say, speaking of, there's a lot of talking in this book, and Hugh does a very, very fine job of distinguishing voices. So props to Hugh. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. It makes it bearable. I agree for the most part. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll get to that. Okay. Like that. All right. Uh, Paro reviews the guest list again. 
Okay, I had a slip. I Don't know, give me that. It was really fun. It was really cute sounding. <laughs> Paru. 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 And looks at how the names are written down, saying the name at the top is the one who would be the most convenient to have committed the crime. Mm. And they're like, uh, no, like we just wrote names down. <laughs> <laughs> and But then it turns out. Yeah. Uh-huh. It turns out that they did kind of write it down in a particular order. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of interesting. Like that is a fun little psychological examination that they do. And a couple of the characters, I'm like, who? Oh, right, that person. (laughs) Um, Did they go visit um, the playwright yet? Not yet. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, Oh, crap. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe this is when it happens. I got really lost and confused at some point, and I picked it back up when Egg is in a dress shop. Yes, Egg. I'm missing... From just there to the dress shop, because I just, I got confused and lost. I don't remember. Um, They all split up and investigate different people. Um, At one point, they go visit, uh, it's not Cartwright, it's the other guy. What's the other fellow's name in the investigation? Satterquaith? Yeah, Satterquaith visits the writer. Yeah, the playwright. Yeah. Um, Wills. Wills, yes. Yeah. and they have a long discussion, and he's like, did you notice anything weird about the butler yeah. specifically? And she's like, oh, there was a um, birthmark on his arm. Yes. Other yes, than yes, that, yes. it was just, he was so ineffective. But between that and the, between, he, he just seemed a little, he, she actually says he seemed a little odd. And then this other servants said when they interviewed him, he did things Differently than any butler I've yes, ever seen in yes, my yes, life. Yes, 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 It didn't make sense, and it was weird. Yeah. But he seemed to know, have a lot of experience and know a lot of things about the high-class society, so one would assume that he was actually a butler. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Satterwaith goes and talks to them. In the meantime, um, Egg... Yes, Egg <laughs> is now at the dress shop owned by Mrs. Dacre. Yes, um, so Who they're talking book? about a bunch of dresses mm-hmm. and things, and during this conversation where it seems like Egg is about to blow like a whole bunch of money at the store, it is revealed to us, the audience only, in a weird way, that mm-hmm. Egg only has a balance of 15 pounds to last her to December. I yeah. also don't know what time it is in the year. Does anybody know? I don't like, know, and I yeah. don't remember the scene. We're going to say it's January. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it one full year with 15, 15 pounds. pounds. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Ugh. Egg tries to speak to Mrs. Dacre about Bartholomew's death, and Dacre seems to like not care or hear her when she's like talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Very she strange. eventually leaves the store... And goes on a walkabout around town, mm-hmm. to noting Square. the time, um, as it seems she has something to do at 1 p.m., and that is not mm-hmm. revealed to the audience until 1 p.m. approaches. Mm-hmm. When she approaches Doris Sims, a worker in the dress shop, mm-hmm. and Egg inquires her about the dressmaking industry, saying mm-hmm. that she's like writing an article in a paper. Yeah. She asked if she had fooled Mrs. Dacre about uh, the amount of wealth that she had um, when visiting the store. 
they chat for a bit. She did fool Mrs. Dacre. Mm-hmm. Um, she inquires about Mrs. Dacre's wealth and how well the shop is doing, and it is real that the shop is in dire straits. Mm-hmm. The conversation then moves to Dacre's husband. And Doris muses that Dacre might have committed the murder. Mm-hmm. Because she's ill-tempered. Yes. Egg asks if she heard of the other victim. She did not. Hmm. Egg then departs to St. John House uh, to speak to Mr. Dacre, mm-hmm. who is drunk and invites her out for a cocktail elsewhere. Yeah. The word of the two murders is seemingly making the rounds as Dacre like is already very much aware of what we as the audience, uh, we as the readers know of the mm-hmm. murders. Yeah, the Dacres were at this at both at parties. Both, yeah. By the by. Yeah. Um, it is revealed that Strange uh, is not thought on fondly by Dacre. No. And he apologizes to Egg as his wife has told him not to speak on it, mm-hmm. as to not arouse suspicion. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, Arises. sounds suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> Egg asks him about De Rushbridger and says Strange had mentioned her, but he doesn't know too much beyond that. Mm-hmm. The morning after Strange died, he says mm-hmm. a woman appeared in his room. Yet Mrs. Dacre, his wife, told him that he must be imagining it. But he strongly believed there, w- there was a woman in his room. Okay. That's um, right. They uh, Egg departs his company, and she muses on if Strange was murdered at all, and comes across Charles' secretary, and they find in the paper that the exhumation of Bartholomew's body confirms murder. Mm-hmm. The secretary discloses she had trouble writing the Babington's uh, writing to Babington's widow, given all that has happened. Yeah, and the secretary. Um. She says something. Oh, right. Okay. Which is, I, now I don't know what to do. Something to that effect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that closes the chapter. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember, because at some point they go and visit this secretary's mother. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's a bit later, though. That yeah, is that's a later. bit later, yeah. Okay. Um, um, because she was supposed to be taking care of the mother, like she was going yeah. to take care of the mother, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, it's mentioned. I wrote this down, and I just wanted before I forget mm-hmm. that because uh, I think Cartwright himself goes to see the mother, mm-hmm. and they the mother uh, refers to Miss Millery as Violet. Yes, and he thinks of Violet. That doesn't seem like a name she should have, like with her, you know, uh, with her temperament, with yeah. her like strong-willed temperament. And it's like, how did you not know her first name <laughs> the entire time she's been in your employ? Yeah, what? That's buck wild. Yeah. Anyway, absolutely, it's indicative of the ego of the man. <laughs> um, and then from there, from my understanding, um. Poirot receives a telegram from Mrs. Derushbringer, who is a patient in a sanatorium. Correct. That is like, linked. This is when. This is when this happens. Then where did we find Derush? Like when did it, it, it just, she had just been mentioned? Okay. In, during the course of the party, I believe. It's odd. Yeah. And yeah. It's kind of seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. But they go to visit her, um, Cartwright and. Um, Satterwaith do uh, and she's dead 
which is a bummer because now they have like four, three confirmed murders and one presumed. Because mm-hmm. Ellis is nowhere, nowhere to, be to be found. Yeah. Um, and it does turn out that someone sent Mrs. DeRush Bridger um, chocolates, chocolates. Yes. And they were poisoned with nicotine. Yeah. So it's the same. Same poison. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> learning about this, Miss Melray, who's the secretary, yeah, she gets up and leaves. She's like, I can't, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I think I think there's too many people dying around me. Oh yeah, I'm cool. Right, and then yes. he, they assemble um, a another dinner party. Poirot calls a dinner. Oh my party. gosh, that's right. And then. Um, then they're all speaking, they have a toast, and Cartwright falls down, presumably dead. But before that... Oh. <laughs> but in that same dinner party, in but the... before that... Okay. okay. I, have, I have two things. Okay. Satterwaith and Scutliff sounded too similar to me. Okay. I think he did a very nice job with where we know these people to be from. Mm, sure. But the, like... The pitch was yes. too similar for both of them. Okay. Yeah. I was having a real time, real hard time trying to figure out who was speaking when, and it was like, okay, I got yeah, a little yeah. lost there. Other than that, top notch job, Hugh. Mm-hmm. Love everything you do, just not quite this as much. Uh-huh. Um, Doing lots of voices is hard. It, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah it really a lot is. Of it's characters in this one. Very challenging, and like before, like until this conversation. There wouldn't have been a problem because there's not much interaction between the two. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're at the made-up dinner party. Yes, that Poirot. And Mrs. Willis is recounting the events. The, play, oh. the playwright. Yes. Yes. And I thought Hugh did a brilliant job. I'm not going to ruin the ending. Uh-huh. Gonna, but he does a brilliant job in this moment where Mrs. Willis is... Recounting the events, and she's having trouble figuring out where she entered from. And so she's sitting where she believes she sat, and she there is like a tray, and she's like, "Can Charles? Can you can you bring this tray over? Um, mm-hmm. Like you were oh, serving, right. yeah. you know, the hors d'oeuvres or whatever." Yeah. And when he does that, yeah, Charles, and it's not said in the book, but the way that Hugh does it disguises. Charles's voice puts him in a deeper tone mm-hmm. for just that one moment as mm-hmm. he's serving mm-hmm. Mrs. Wills. Yes. And I will just say that. Okay. Yes. And then Poirot goes, okay, everybody, a toast. I'm gonna Now I'm going to talk about wine. And then they drink. And then Charles falls down. And everyone thinks he's dead. And then everyone reacts. Egg's very upset. Oh my gosh. He calls him Charles yeah, instead not, of Sir. Yeah, which is ooh, big deal. Yep. Um, and then he's just playing around. Yeah, I I kind of got lost in yeah. what that whole thing was. This whole like him well, what? falling over because he then like <laughs> gotcha. he gets he gets up real quick yep. afterwards. It's like, oh nope, I'm not dead. I'm not dead yet. What um what happens was it's kind of foreshadowed because uh, Poirot goes okay I'm gonna um you guys go set up a party yeah send up all the invitations I have to talk to Mr Cartwright about something sure and so Poirot asks him to do it to see what how people react mm-hmm. to it which he says later on as well because I'm just lost mm-hmm. in his about his motivation for like 
Charles's motivation for like faking it. Well, I I know his, but like it, it seems really strange because it's like, oh, is was he testing egg? Was he trying to see if well, no, how Poirot she would asked him to? Oh, Poirot asked him to do yeah, this to. Oh, yeah, to be like, hey, I need your help. Idea. No, it was Poirot's. It was Poirot's idea. That makes Yish. so much more sense. Yish. Yeah. And after this, um, basically, what happens is a very extended scene, I believe, of um, Charles and Egg talking and going, I yep. love you. I love you, too. Oh, this Good, is... we're going to get married. We're going to get married. And then Poirot's like, hey, I need to talk to everybody in one room with a fireplace, please. Well, first... Well, first... Oh, okay. It's okay. Oh, um, this is very so quick. Hard. No, no, no. It, just very quickly, he sees that uh, Miss Milray is about to go set a fire, like, go make a fire or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, right before she sets the fire with, I think, some, I don't know, some some things. She's going to set some stuff on fire. And <laughs> and Poirot says, uh-uh-uh. wait, because I believe you're about to destroy some evidence. Oh, right. And I think this is where we should take an ad break. Yes. Hey everybody, it's Tristan, the Saucy Sleuth. I think we're going to go with Saucy Sleuth, it's official. Saucy Sleuth, Slossy Sooth. Um, Letting you know that uh, you should check out all the other great programming on the Scavengers Network. Go to scavengersnetwork.com and you can check out their YouTube videos. There are other podcasts that they have, like Historical Hotties, on which Melissa and myself have been. Spooky Spouses. And... Another one that I can't remember right now. Oh, Myth Takes. Yeah, that's the one. It's good stuff. Um, you can also support us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Tristan J. Miller. Um, we're trying to get a new mic set up so Melissa and Tyler don't have to huddle over one microphone because we're all adults here and we deserve some comforts. And here's a word from our sponsors. Today we are sponsored in part by Warby Parker. Warby Parker was founded with a rebellious spirit and the lofty objective to offer designer eyewear at a revolutionary price while leading the way for socially conscious businesses. The eyewear industry is dominated by a single company that has been able to keep prices artificially high while reaping huge profits from consumers who have no other options. And so Warby Parker was started to create an alternative. Good eyewear, good outcome. Prescription eyeglasses starting at $95. Find a new pair today with our free home try-on program. Fast, free shipping both ways. For every pair sold, a pair is distributed to someone in need. Just go to bit.ly slash cscav. That's bit.ly slash s-e-e-s-c-a-v for more details. Sennheiser is shaping the future of audio. A vision built on a 70-year history of innovation and a continued drive for excellence that is woven into our company's DNA and culture. Here are a few reasons why to shop at Sennheiser.com. Free shipping and returns on all orders with no minimum purchase required. There is a Sennheiser for you, offering high-quality design and the legendary Sennheiser sound. Get top-of-the-line wireless headphones for high-quality sound anywhere you go. 
Items arrive in three to five days in continental U.S. with UPS. Just go to bit.ly slash scavheiser, B-I-T dot L-Y slash S-C-A-V-H-E-I-S-E-R to start looking for your next headphones or microphone upgrade today. Everybody, Poirot calls everybody into a room with a fireplace and a big chair. Yes. It's tray dramatique. It's and it's about the best. to go down. Oh, yeah. And it is the best chapter of the entire book. Yes, it is. Yes. Yep. Um, because Not just because it was the final one. Yeah. But... <laughs> no, because it was classic Poirot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. It was, it was a... peak Poirot. Yeah. yeah. He is a whole monologue outlining basically everything. And I got to tell you guys this thing that I did because I was being introduced to like seven characters right in the same like they bullet point them and I was like I'm not writing these down oh no I'm gonna I'll just go to the Wikipedia and I'll look yeah now listeners if you have not read this book don't go to the Wikipedia no because the second name oh is the person who did it and I read that I was like oh man so you ruined the book for yourself accidentally yes like in the last chapter when you were about to hear it that's so frustrating okay um no no sorry it happened like two chapters in oh when when you were at the party oh no I was like oh shoot because I like to try and do a dossier on everybody anyway yeah yeah so the whole time I'm just like how do I how what leads to this which is actually kind of fun in its own way but it is yeah but basically, Poirot is like, Charles did it. <laughs> Just points at Charles is like, Chuck did it. Yep. Um, and Chuck goes over to him, leads over Poirot, is like, ha, 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 very funny. Prove how I would do such a thing. And he's like, okay, so basically, um, you only wanted to kill Strange, and then you were just um, doing a rehearsal with the first party. It did not matter who you killed in that. Yeah, that was such an interesting thing. Yeah. So he lays it out because he's, because uh, at first Poirot didn't think that Babington was murdered. Yeah, because it seemed so, so no motive. Yeah. And he was older, so, you know, could have mm-hmm. had lots of stuff wrong with him. Um. Okay, fine. But then when Strange was killed, he's like, oh, okay. well, maybe these two are related. And then he kind of like goes back around to being like, no, it seems like Strange would have been murdered first. Yeah, which, which um, is fascinating. He talks about a concept of like the primary murder in yeah. something like this, and most people assume the first murder is the primary murder, and then yes. that person, the second murder, is based off of what something they overheard or like some information that they had to get rid of. Yeah. Whereas in this case, the primary murder was the first. Sorry, was the second murder. Yeah. And then the third murder was tertiary to the second. Yes. And the first was tertiary to the second murder, which is very interesting. So, um. It's easier to clear up. Mm-hmm. So Bartholomew Strange, who was um, Cartwright's friend for a very long time, mm-hmm. was the primary murder. We don't know the motivation yet, but that yes. we figure that out. And then it's like then Poirot figures out, okay, um, Mrs. De Bridger, what's her name? Bridger. De Rush Bridger. Um, she is murdered um, basically as just as a red herring. Mrs. Um, De Rush Hour. Uh, so what? Yeah. Uh, so wanted to uh, Poirot wanted us to not Poirot. Um, Charles wanted us to mm-hmm. assume that she had something to tell. Yes. Which is why she was murdered. But 
before I was like, She nah. knew nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely which is, nothing. Which is why she had to die, because if they asked her anything, yeah. it would come up bunk. Right. And so... Um, oh, nice use of bunk. I haven't heard that in a minute. Thank you. Um, but it is revealed over the course of the novel as well, during the... Um, during Egg and Charles's infatuation... Yes. Um, that Charles's name is a stage name that he legally adopted. His original name is Charles Mug, which he changed because in this time period Muggs means like a rube or an idiot. Yeah. Which is something we don't talk I was like, why you would want to be associated with being a cup? Like, right. I don't but, so he changed it legally. Now So Based off of that, Poirot Go ahead. Yeah. Do you want to? Mm, yeah, I, I it's always interesting because he Poirot goes r- about revealing all of this stuff in such a beautiful way, and this mm-hmm. is like Agatha's mwah, yeah. best work. Like she, she's so good at laying it out in such a way that you're that it's all the twists and turns of Poirot's mm-hmm. mind, yeah. and it's really fun. Um, so it's hard to know as we're recounting this to remember, like, oh, which right, which thing did she reveal first? Yes. Which which way did Poirot's brain turn? Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, Tristan. Okay. Um, from what I remember, the next thing he brings up is, okay, so if his name is different, who would have known that his name was different? His lifelong friend. His lifelong friend is a doctor. Yeah. In a sanitarium. Yeah. Okay. Who, why would that matter to Charles Mugg? Oh, in his records on the sanatorium, there is a records of, I can't remember her first name, but a basically Mrs. Mug. Yeah. He's already married. So Charles is already married, but didn't want anybody to know, so he killed the one person who did. Right. Because in that time, it wouldn't have been possible for him to get a divorce, get a divorce uh, from her. Yes. In order to marry someone else. Yeah, which is part of the logic of getting to the fact that he was married because he's like, Poirot is like, okay, there are two, there are two ways you, two legal reasons why you can't get divorced. I can't remember. Prison. Prison and an insane asylum. Yeah. And he was like, okay, it's probably, like, he looked at a prison, nothing. And he looked at the insane asylum. Okay, it's there. And then Bartholomew Strange was linked to that. Right, because he would, yes, he was linked to the asylum, but also... You he know, would know about would it. Would know about it because he was um, Cartwright's oldest friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Poirot also brings up, you know, uh, why would Cartwright play dumb as to the fact that uh, Egg is obviously infatuated with him? Mm-hmm. Like, why would he be so dramatic and ridiculous about this? It's like, oh, because he's trying to figure out a way mm-hmm. to get Strange out of the way mm-hmm. before she agrees to marry him basically yeah um so so yeah and then it's like okay so that brings us back to this first murder of babington yes mm-hmm. like what in the you how know, is that related at all because there's this whole you know the mechanics of the dance around who mm. would have been giving him the cup and it's like well it doesn't yeah. make any sense um and finally he figures out Oh, there were only three people that Charles wanted to make sure weren't murdered. Mm-hmm. Be- and he didn't care who else died. Yeah. Yeah. He Thank wanted you. to make sure it wasn't him, obviously. Yeah. He wanted to make sure it wasn't Egg. Mm-hmm. And wanted to make sure that it wasn't strange in this yeah. situation because he was holding himself a little dress rehearsal. Yes. 
which is very funny in a weird way. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And then for the second of uh, the murder of Bartholomew Strange, uh, Charles um, dresses up as Ellis the butler, hence him disappearing because he's not a real person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the only person that really noticed was uh, Wills uh-huh. because she is an author. Yeah. And takes up anything. And she's very, she's described as very meek and unintrusive sure. as a person. Someone who you would not notice unless, like, you were really looking. But very observant. But hyper-observant because of that fact. Yeah. Um, and so that is why it's so key that she gets interviewed and the mole on her, that person's arm, pardon, on Ellis's arm is important, which is a thing that Charles added in. He added it using makeup. So yeah. if anyone, you know. And that's why Hugh's brilliant mm-hmm. choice, uh, when Wills is recounting the evening, disgu- like disguises on behalf of the voice character he's playing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like d- um, gives him a completely different tone for the first time in the book. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. So yeah. so smart. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that. That was really interesting. Yeah. That was a well observed, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Well well noticed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I. Uh, and of course, um, Miss Miss Milray, mm-hmm. um, who was the secretary, yeah, um, was in love with Cartwright, and yeah. so she was trying to cover up, which is why she was about to burn some evidence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was. She also noticed right away because um, they met, they make a casual reference to this. Uh, when the the idea of nicotine poisoning is first introduced into the the novel, where she's like, oh yeah, I use it to um, as a roses spray for insects. I didn't know that it could kill people though, and then it's found out that she you know does all the invoices for yeah. Charles, and he has bought so much of this spray to kill three people, which yeah. is like kind of like what like someone who has just like too much bleach in their house and you're like okay so what are you doing at this point it's really messed up what Poirot does he does this a lot and oh, I, yeah. I don't know if I'm okay with it yeah basically Charles Cartwright is like well fine damn you to hell and then he walks out and it, so like the guy's like aren't you gonna go after him and Poirot's like no he's going to take care of himself like, he's either going to pick being in prison or he's going to pick the quick way out. And I'm like, yeah! This happens a lot at the end of Agatha Christie novels where the person who commits the murder just, like, offs themselves. Yep. And it's, I think, very problematic. It's very problematic. Yeah. yeah uh, it's and it's like... troublesome. I think, I mean, I'm not excusing it, but mm-hmm. I think some of it is related to uh, the implications in the novels that, like, the death penalty was the... Yes. Like, if you're if you get convicted of murder, you are going to be sentenced to death. Kind yeah. of like presumption. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think that that's more of uh, I think I don't. What am I trying to say here? It justifies it more, but it's still icky. It, it yeah. It or makes it, it make more sense. Yeah. yeah. I forgot to mention. There's this whole thing with a faked accident. We completely ignored it, and it's not uh, integral to the plot at all. Yeah. Just ignore that when you're listening. Yeah, yeah fake matter. accident, not important. What's the thing you wanted to say? So, another thing Poirot does, and he yes. did this in the last uh, the Agatha Christie's Poirot mm-hmm. episode that we watched, is be like, "Well, 
let me call over Mr. Oliver to console this woman oh, yes. whose, oh. whose man is now going to be yeah. now is now a murderer. Yeah. And we talk about how he ain't social. Yeah, that's true. He's very uh, Dolly-esque in these last two. Yeah. Not Parton, but no. Levi Gallagher. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Could not remember her full name. So, so yeah, so... Oliver puts her, his arm around Egg to comfort her, and she says, take me to my mother. Mm-hmm. And a little icky. Yeah. But, all right. Mr. Satterthwaite also asks Poirot, he's like, why, sometimes you speak perfectly good English, oh, yeah. and sometimes you don't. And he's like, oh, I'm fooling people. I like bringing people's mild disdain to me because it makes me so much more unobtrusive as a person. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's smart. And also, I'd had noticed that throughout Poirot of, like, sometimes he's like, like, there's that moment in Murder on the Orient Express with Kenneth Branagh he's like, it's full of, it is full of the fudge. Right. Which is, like, fun. And then he's fine other times. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. He puts it on. But the best line of the novel Go for it. is Mr. Sathaway is like, oh my gosh, I just realized he could have, I could have drunk the poison. It could have been me. And Poirot goes, well, you haven't thought of it. this. It could have been worse. And he's like, what do you mean? It could have been me. Yeah. Which is, yeah. he drops. End of book. End of book. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, what did we think about this book? Oh, boy. Who's going first? Tyler looks like he's got some opinions. I always go first. I know, because you you, <laughs> you got, like, I see, I see flames. No. No. Uh, no. No. Not flames. Uh, maybe some steam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're at a 10 this time. We're at a 10. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it five stashes. Five stashes. Five stashes. Okay. I... I it, it was a long pull to get there. Mm-hmm. It was real basic <laughs> uh, at times. Um, I know I knew who did it from, like, the first chapter. I didn't know how, <laughs> but I knew. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And that bothered me that, like, I couldn't figure out how he did like yeah. I didn't like I didn't entertain any other really? person throughout the entire book. I was just like, but how did he do it? Because mm. I knew he did it, and huh. I just couldn't figure it out. Okay. Um. But that final chapter was just so mm-hmm. beautiful, and it was just I kind of yeah I almost excused all the BS that we yeah. went through to get there because yeah. of how well done that final chapter was. Yep. And that's why it gets a five. Yep. So I am going to give it six um, for similar reasons. Um, and I think the like the actual beginning of the book pretty pretty good uh like when we're talking when we're at the party we're mm-hmm. you know the death happens really fast we get into it real fast and then Poirot leaves and we deal with all this nonsense <sighs> and all of this like side chatter for so much of the book with no Poirot and no Hastings mm-hmm. I mean Mr. S is fine but um yeah it's just like so much it's such a slog yeah and then we get and yes we've got lots of gross misogyny we've got lots of gross like xenophobia and and all this stuff (laughs) and then we get to this beautiful last chapter which is classic perfect poirot 
and it's so delightful. And I don't know how she messed up so much of this book. And then, like, basically, if we had the last chapter, the last chapter is a 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last chapter is amazing. And if we had gotten there in a better way, or I would have loved it. Or a quicker way. Or a yeah. quicker way. I Actually, I had the thought, I'm going to probably really like seeing adaptations of this yeah because i feel like they probably fixed a lot of stuff hopefully in these Mm. adaptations and one of the things i didn't say at the beginning because i didn't want to spoil it because mr s was you know he was there so he was a suspect um they replace him with hastings that's smart in i think both of the tv adaptations that's smart because it's like why are we introducing this other character apparently he had been in um, a couple of other Agatha Christie novels before she started getting into Poirot. Uh, but he's such a bland, milk toast character that yeah. we don't need... Hastings has... I mean, we go through our ups and downs with Hastings, but he's got his personality. Yes. And he's fun to have around. He's milk steak in term, in, yeah. as yeah. opposed to milk toast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I would give it a five. Yeah. Um, much for the same reason. If you just it suffers from second X log. Like it that's it. It's just if you would if you literally the other thing, what sucks about the second act of this book, if you cut out the entire second act and just had Poirot show up when mm-hmm. he does, the novel would be fine. It's the same it it would yeah, which, they could have just caught him back up. Not yeah, you don't even need to they don't even really need to do that because he does his own like little investigation and all the pertinent information happens in the third act anyway. Yeah, there's barely anything that um, Cartwright and Doc- and Mr. S find out without Poirot. Yeah. That yeah. is relevant. That or... is relevant. And it was interesting because I read a summary of it just to mm-hmm. make sure that I had my ra- brain wrapped around it. And the summary almost entirely ignores Yeah. Really? All yeah. of that. Yes. Same on the Wikipedia. Like, it's just like, and they go investigate, and then Poirot shows up. That's the summary I'm talking oh about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's one of those things I was like, it's kind of like, uh, this, like, it basically, what it sounds like is this, to me. Agatha wanted to try something new with her formulas of her book, because she'd done so many. Sure. And this one, she was, was like, trying something out, and it just didn't work. Because I don't think this happens ever again with Poirot. I hope. I pray. I mean, we got a lot of books to go. I wish. I'm gonna... Um, but is that's kind of what it feels like. Like, she was like, okay, I like this idea of an actor trying to play, essentially, Poirot. Which is kind of fun conceptually, but since it isn't Poirot... Like, there is that episode of Doctor Who where the doctor shows up and there's already a doctor in this timeline. Oh, yeah. And it turns out he's a fake doctor. Which that's... And, like, if it had been more like that, sure. like, if 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 Charles Cartwright was literally impersonating Hercule Poirot, oh, that would have fascinating. been hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. But as it stands, it's just about a egotistical jerk killing people and tricking people. Like, it's not interesting yeah. in the slightest. Yeah. <sighs> yep. But we don't have to listen to it again. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we just have to watch it. Watch it all unfold <laughs> again and again. I, and I think that I think we might have a better time no, with that. I, I'm I sure agree. we will. Yeah. yeah. So it's really only an hour forward. long. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> at the very least. At the very least. I'm looking forward to that, but we are not, are not going to get to it for a while yeah. because it's a 2010 episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That yeah. I did look into. I IMDb'd where it falls. Carl it. ended when? 2014? Well, it's a British series. So much like Midsummer Murder, which has oh. been like going on for like 20 years, yeah. but they only do like two or three episodes a year. Oh, okay. And then like you have like a long stretch where it's like, we decided to do 10 episodes and then like back to three the next year. Like <laughs> okay, it's just sure. very okay. odd. Right. So it, it will be a long time before we get there. Yeah, because like um, Black Books, which is another BBC series, yeah. did like its first series and then five years later did its second series. Yeah. Which is okay. I mean, yeah. I guess it's government funded, so. And yeah. like Luther as well. Like yeah. we have like these giant gaps and like season five Sherlock just happened well. yeah. when it started back when I was in college. Yeah. yeah. I mean, American TV just works differently. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, that's this book. Yeah. And... I think... We'll be back with uh, an episode of the television show, Agatha Christie's Poirot. Real soon. In a couple weeks, probably. Yes. Happy MLK Jr. Day, everyone. Mm-hmm. Hope you have the ability or whether appropriateness to turn it into a day of service in some way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I call this meeting adjourned. Gavel sound. <laughs> <laughs>